0: Welcome to Rainbow Rated, the show where we are going to look over all the forms of entertainment, pick a topic, find three people or characters or items that we think are underrated and debate them, discuss them to find out who should have their moment in the spotlight. My name is Tom, I'm going to be with you here whenever this podcast happens and each time we are going to be joined by fantastic members of not only the performing arts and entertainment community but also. They're my nearest and dearest of friends and family that I like to talk to quite a lot. Today, we are joined by two wonderful people that I had the pleasure of going to university with, to want for university, whoop, whoop. Um, and we have got the lovely Moira, who is star of the YouTube series, Super Happy Kill Time, and, the, and Jen, who is the star of Stage, from Cats with a K. Facebook them, Google them, you will find Cats with a K. Hello, welcome ladies.
1: Hello.
0: <laughs> I like this. It feels like we're being very professional. We have the delay. I like it spanning all across the UK today. It's brilliant. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the first Rainbow Rated. Thank you. It's so
1: Thank exciting. you so much for having us, Tom. Thank you. Uh,
0: it's my pleasure to have you and to, you know, get to chat to you as well. It's been so long since yeah, I've seen either long. of you. Um, and we get to talk about everyone's favourite topic, which today is Disney. <laughs> yes, excited. Uh, actually, we are focusing on the Disney villains because there's nothing like a pilot to make it all about villains and villainous. Um, and what you at home can't see is that I've got I prepared especially. I've got my Disney villains T-shirt on. Uh, that has lots of villains on their uh, kind of quotes and saying, trying to show it in the camera. Beautiful. Yes, excellent. It's Tom. Thank. Thank you. Thank you for that little shimmy there. <laughs> You've got to have a shimmy in a show. It's amazing. Um, so that's what this show is going to be about. We're taking a topic. We're going to pick people that we think are underrated. We might do different topics throughout the series, uh, focusing on chocolate, musicals, drag queens. Who knows? Pick three items that are underrated and debate them. And today is all about Disney villains. Now, for some of you that might not know what a Disney villain is, I mean, come on, where have you been? I don't know. They might not even be listening to this podcast because it's all about Disney villains. But who knows? Introduce someone new to it. Um, But I thought I would give you a bit of fun facts and a rundown just to get everyone's mindset in villainous headquarters. So I found a top 10 villain list. Yes. It's uh, one done by AMC Theatres. So thank you for that. Um, And this is the top 10 that they have. Some you might be familiar with. Other ones you might be hearing more of. Later on as well, at number ten we have uh, Claude Frollo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. At number nine we have Hades. Mm-hmm. Number Classic. eight it is Professor Ratigan. At number
2: eight. Oh, interesting choice.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, I think that's from um, was it Basil the Great Mouse Detective? I think he's from. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Number seven we have Evil Queen. Number okay. six is Gaston.
2: Yes. Excellent
0: villain. Yeah. Five. Jafar. Yes, Jafar.
2: classic.
0: Classic. Getting even more classic now for number four, Maleficent. Great Ooh.
1: villain.
0: Ooh, yeah. Who I always worry that I'm going to say her name wrong. Whatever I say. Yeah. Number three, <laughs> nice. Because uh, you can't see it, Moira's giving us classic Maleficent look with horns. It's a beautiful look. Uh, number three is Corella Deville.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Very fashionable. Very fashionable. <laughs> Worryingly fashionable. I
0: was going say it's the extreme of fashion. Um, um number two, Ursula.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And number one, Scar.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. Like Yeah,
1: I can understand
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. He's I'd have him I don't know if I'd have him as my number one, but he's definitely in top ten because he is quite that's scary.
2: I'm surprised he's as high as that, actually. I think there's a lot of people who don't tend to think of Scar, I guess, whether because The Lion King is a, a pure kind of animal cartoon, as it were, so you tend to forget maybe about him because he doesn't match up, almost. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a list off as I said, AMC theatres, so it's not our personal list, it's just one we found. But, I mean, it's <laughs> quite good. It's got some of the classics and a few surprises. Um, apparently, there are more than 127 different villains throughout the Disney franchise. Yes. That's a lot. It is. But only 11 of them are part of the Disney villain. So a lot of them are kind of official, unofficial Disney villains. But there's apparently this main list or set list of villains. And there's only about 11 of them on this set list.
1: Mm, wow. Yeah.
0: But there are sub-franchises. Because why not? You've got to have some sub-franchises and a big franchise so we've got the divas of darkness oh Ooh, i like that that's a group you could belong to you, yes. could, wow. uh, you could belong to sinister cats
2: sinister cats
0: yeah cats with a c not cats with a k but uh, cat, yeah. uh <laughs> all felines that are apparently sinister in life okay, okay. and the 13 reflections of evil oh that's deep yeah, I like wow. all, this is pretty good. I love it. Um and apparently the oldest villain on record is Hades, because no, he was I God. Mm. But presumably people believe the oldest human Disney villain is Mother Gothel. Oh
1: yes. Yes.
0: Because of the flower, you don't know how long she's been around for. Um I probably should say yeah. this podcast will have spoilers of. You know, films and moments Especially when we talk about the villains But it's what we do, it's what we go with So if you haven't seen some of these Disney films That we're going to talk about Go watch them at some point I mean, why not? It's not like we've got busy lives at the moment, is it? So, well,
2: No one's doing anything else, are they?
0: I know, this is not sponsored by Disney Plus But if Disney Plus, if you're listening And want to give us a sponsor Then um, I'll, I'll, I'll take that I'll come round Hi Disney do,
2: Plus
0: Hi Disney Plus We'll come round Do a rainbow rated tour Of your rides When obviously It's all safe to do so uh, And in the rumoured Disney park That's coming in 2024 We'll happily go do that As well All for the sake Of our art And Absolutely podcasting. <laughs>
1: and for the sake Of our listeners
0: Of course All for the listeners That's what we've got To do it for Excellent yes we are now here to talk about our underrated villains now each of us have chosen a different one because if we all have the same one it'd be a bit of a boring podcast to be honest and the winner would be there straight away um i'm going to go first i'm going to explain why i think my villain is the most underrated villain so i've decided to focus and my underrated villain is dr facilier now he's from the princess and the frog film if you haven't seen it again pause disney plus go watch it um I think, not only is it an amazing film, he's actually quite an amazing villain himself. He is one of the only villains, there's only about four out there, to actually kill someone you don't see on screen because it's Disney, but he's still one of the main characters. I won't tell you who, don't want to spoil it too much, but it's quite an emotional scene for those that do love the character. He has a scary element to him, like some of the other villains you kind of see and you go, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. But Doss Facilier actually uses kind of real world magic, just some of his powers, are voodoo fortune telling spell casting uh, and his friends on the other side of course that he uses to do all this and some of the villains do have a sidekick but he's got one of the most powerful sidekicks ever seen he's got the power of shadows as a sidekick so they can go off and do his bidding so that is pretty a powerful cool thing and he's also part of royal because he does mention that his uh, mother is a royal on his on that side so he has got actually royal blood so even though we have got famous royal villains in other films, we haven't seen it for quite a while. Um, he also, as I was talking about earlier, um, the Disney villain franchise and the primary villains, he is the first villain to be added in 22 years. There was no one added 22 years before his film and no one added since Dr. Facilier. So you can see how powerful he was. Oddly, he has gained quite a cult following, but just not up there, because whenever you think about Disney villains, you go for like the main four like the Cruella, the Maleficent, Evil Queen sort of thing. Um, and even he's that powerful. Like when he goes around, there's a scene where it's all like flowers and pretty things in the background. As soon as his shadow goes over, it changes into skulls and evil things. So it shows you how powerful he is as a person and the power he has got as well. Um, and he's based on someone in real life as well. So it's quite a nice preference for people that know about it. And because it focuses on New Orleans, it's a new setting that Disney haven't really focused on as well. Uh, and it's quite a powerful film overall, so that's why I think Doctor Facilier should be the underrated villain for this podcast because he's got that powerful reputation before him. He's entertaining as a villain. You don't want a boring villain that no one like notices. You want someone entertaining, and that's what he does. He also has four songs, so he does single in the film, but in the like bonus release album, he has three other songs. And fun fact, because I do like the fun facts, he's the first male character to have purple eyes as well so it's just a nice little twist and change out there for him so that's why I think Dr Facilier should be the underrated up villain lifted up to the spotlight
2: mm-hmm, interesting stuff I didn't know that he was the only villain with purple eyes that's really interesting
0: yeah there's been um, female villains that have purple eyes mm-hmm. but he's the first male one
2: because interestingly as well purple generally in the media has connotations of royalty and wisdom as well so you tend to find a lot of older characters or characters who are perceived to be wise um, wear purple so that's interesting.
1: From my point of view I haven't actually seen Princess and the Frog Um, so if, if I'm honest Tom you have sold it to me um, it's definitely one that I've always wanted to get around to watching but I think in my mind it was more of a sort of princessy film and there wasn't as much um, interest in it. Kind of like some of the other ones like Tangled because it's not as focused on the princessy thing um, rather than Snow White um, or... Uh, Cinderella things like that where it's so much more driven by the princess theme Um, I I was sort of always turned off by the princess and the frog is as one of the ones that I should watch but I think you kind of sold it to me and I think it's definitely one that I'll have to check out just so that I can check out this dodgy guy
0: yeah I mean definitely it's kind of it's a record-breaking film for Disney because it was the first film they had as a black princess. Um, yeah. And it's the first film where actually the main villain is characterised as black as well, if you do like do your research. So even though there's a famous joke by like, Whoopi Goldberg, where she goes, yeah, first black princess! Although she's a frog for majority of the film. Um, spoiler alert, a little bit there. But I think because she's not a princess, uh, Tiana, and you see her like there's almost this sass between the two of them that kind of, even though they don't meet until kind of much later on, there's a sass that plays between them. And you just don't get that very often. And it's kind of one of the first scenes of, you probably do, especially with like other villains like Ursula, but to have the connection between uh, villain and hero or heroine, I suppose, um, and the sass between them is a brilliant show because it is just that sassiness. And especially with a lot of culture now, we're seeing the sass enter more. It's probably one of the first things that had a lot of sass in for us.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think he's he's a really interesting villain in that, as you say, because he's got those royal connections as well, there's almost more of a drive behind him, I don't know, than some of the other villains. I, I sometimes think that some of the villains don't really have a, a motive or like a motivation and I sort of question that a little bit. But I, I kind of get it with Facilier and, and he is quite charming as well, is the concerning thing. You find yourself thinking... Yeah, I can, I can understand it. I can see why people, you know, are are kind of brought in by him. I can see why people are interested in him. And he's a very snappy dresser as well. We should definitely point that
0: out. <laughs> he is. He does have his t- top hat. He has his cane. Um, and there are, like, fan bases out there for him that say because he resonates with Tiana's backstory quite a lot and her upbringing, that's why he kind of almost wants to not help her, but kind of offer her his assistance. Whereas for other characters that are kind of a bit more rich and pampered, he's a bit like, I've had that lifestyle, you haven't helped me. I'm now gonna take it back any means necessary. So he has that, say helpful side, but it's quite a twist on obviously the normal helpfulness. Um, and like people say there's elements of like Captain Hook and Ursula kind of coming in to him. So like this, um, cause he doesn't lie per se, but he's a character that tells the truth by lying a little bit. Like there was a one line in the, in a song where he goes to um, the prince. Oh, I see a lot of green in your future. And the prince thinks, oh, it's green. Cause I want to be rich again. I'm going to have loads of money again, but it's actually cause he turns into a frog and it's like a clever play on words quite a little bit as well. Well, uh, that's why I like him. Hmm.
2: Interesting. That kind of reminds me of um, the witches in Macbeth putting my Shakespeare hat on, in that they talk in riddles very similar to Dr Facilier. So they're, they're nearly always telling the truth, just not in a way that makes sense to anyone until they've experienced it. I wonder if there were influences there.
0: I like it. I mean, it's not the first. It wouldn't be the first time that Disney's been influenced by um, Shakespeare and his work at oh, all. So that's pretty cool Did if there not? was more influence.
2: Okay, so I'm going to talk about my underrated villain, and that is Judge Claude Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. First of all, let me start off by saying, massively underrated Disney film as a whole. It is my favourite, possibly, or second favourite, Disney film. It has incredible music. It's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it. Don't just brush it to one side, because it doesn't sound like a traditional Disney film. It is amazing. So, Frollo. What I like about Frollo is that... He is a villain who has kind of understandable motivations. Now, yes, he does some pretty bad stuff, really quite bad in whichever way you slice it, quite frankly. He supposedly takes charge of Quasimodo and is supposedly taking care of him, but actually what he does is lock him in a bell tower. Iffy, I kind of understand that. But what you have to remember is that if you look at when the movie is set which is back in ye medieval times, there is a fear surrounding people who have disabilities. Now, I am not saying that is a good reason to lock someone away, but put him in his context, it makes sense. What's also interesting about him is that he's very driven by desire. His whole thing for Esmeralda, you can kind of understand it. She is pretty, she's flirtatious. She spends quite a lot of the film with her boobs and her legs on show. I get it, she's a pretty lady, okay? Again, does he go about trying to win her over in the right way? I'm not sure he does. I'm not necessarily sure that be mine or I will burn you is a particularly attractive prospect for any woman, but there we are. What I also like about him is he is a character who has, I guess, no shame in a lot of ways. He is very kind of open with himself about what he's doing. He never at any point says, oh, well, I'll do this, but I'll do it for X reason. He's always very open about it. And he's a religiously motivated character. We have to remember that he is, I believe, an archdeacon um, by the time the, the film comes to its end. And so everything he does, he believes is motivated by God. So a lot of the choices he makes, he believes are godly, which I find really, really fascinating. The whole film is obviously based on Victor Hugo's original novel. So again, you've got this idea that it's based on not real people, but perhaps more realistic than some of the Disney villains. He's not a villain who uses magic. He's not a villain who uses anything kind of supernatural or in any way something that's not understandable to people. His motivations, his feelings are very, very real. He also has a fantastic song. It is one of the best songs in the Disney canon, Um, Hellfire. If you, again, don't know it, make sure that you go and listen to it. And it's the opposite to the hero song, um, which is really, really interesting. So that is why I think that Frollo is a massively underrated villain and definitely needs more appreciation.
1: I'm sold.
0: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. Like, you do think, you never think of it that way, because obviously like the time, the setting and everything as well. And because going into this, I did have the idea of he is like, quite creepy. He keeps like Cosmodo locked up. By his own voice and says you can only do this when I say that when I say and like the Esmeralda twist as well kind of going oh you are right he's an archdeacon as well so good excellent Um, information success it's an odd one because yeah he's one of correct me if I'm wrong like one of the only villains that actually doesn't have either powers or a supernatural influence in him Um, because The other ones I can think of, obviously, apart from Scar and animal villains, are, like, Jafar, he's got magic, Ursula, underwater magic, Evil Queen, she's even got the magic mirror and a few spells that she throws about, like, he's proper one of the ones that uses his own resources and brain, which makes him kind of even scarier than before, because he's not driven or indebted to anyone, so...
2: Yeah, I've always found him frightening. Like from that point of view, as you say, it's all brain power. It's not magic. It's not supernatural. It's not. He doesn't even have a sidekick. There's no one helping him. Um, he has nobody. I mean, you know, arguably he ends up using most of Paris's army at the end of the film, which is kind of cheating. But you know, the the plotting and the the ideas, it's all him. Um, I have seen somewhere arguments that Quasimodo kind of starts off as his sidekick because he doesn't have a choice, but I'm not sure Quasimodo ever really agrees with any of the stuff that Frollo's doing or wants to do. So I don't know if I am on board with that.
0: It's more of a by chance rather than a, like, he's not chosen to be a sidekick like Iago or others. It's kind of more just, he happens to be there because that's kind of all he knows a little bit and wants to make his, father figure happy by staying in a tower and then obviously the film carries on where he doesn't shock but spoiler
2: yeah yeah and yeah i think you know if you were as you say knew nothing else and it was your only life then maybe you'd start to believe it and
1: understand it as reality
2: so yeah forgive I, about had it.
1: I had it on video when i was little and i remember thinking that kind of like i mentioned earlier it's not really the normal sort of traditional princess idea of disney film and it's really dark it's it's really quite a serious complicated complex uh film which addresses a lot of things obviously with regards to esmeralda being a gypsy um with regards to quasimodo having a disability uh with frollo being a man of cloth Uh, there's a lot of really really interesting themes that are brought through um, that isn't part of the traditional Disney style and I think uh, it being set in a in an actual time rather than non-specific date or time it really does hit home a lot more it's more punchy it's more realistic more tangible and it's really quite dark and complex so him like we've mentioned without having any magic or powers just using his words he is violently brutal with the things that he says and and actually that is more scary than just a flick of the wrist and turning someone to stone or something like that it's so much more calculated thought through and really quite twisted
2: yeah, and like, again, it's back to the idea of being motivated, quote, by religion, unquote. Like the last thing he says before he dies as he's about to try and kill someone um, is he shall smite the wicked and they shall plunge into a fiery pit, which is a biblical quote. So he dies on what the Bible is telling him. He, he kind of gives himself, sacrifices himself still with, with that Bible quote in mind. So although I don't necessarily think we can forgive him, I think you know, for its time, um, being a as you say a, a clergyman, it's everything to him. It's his whole world.
1: So, my underrated villain is Takar, who technically is part villain, part heroine. So, Takar is from Moana, and she. She's an angry, angry, fiery lava woman, and basically, she's she's actually Tafiti, who is the island heart, the heart of the island. Um, but naughty demigod Maui steals her heart away, and she becomes this evil, uh, fiery beast who basically wants to destroy everything that touches her, everything that's nearby. She drains the soil of nutrients. She turns all of the trees to disease and death and basically is trying to smother the land. Um, So I don't know why that resonated with me. the bitterness, the twisted bitterness. But more than anything, it it really resonates because as a strong, powerful woman, she could create life and bring so much love and beauty and wealth um, and health to the people of the island. But that was stolen away from her by, by the demigod Maui. And I can kind of understand why she was so angry. I can really understand why she had so much internal fear, anger, burning power. And I think it's much like when anyone upsets a member of my family, I'm normally quite a placid person, but if you upset me or my family, oh no, there is a fire within me that will burn everything around. And I really feel that power from Takar. So I think once I found out that Takar was the, the inner demon of this powerful woman, Tafiti, I thought, you know what, I think everyone has that dangerous core inside us that will be released if anything bad happens, and I really did resonate with with that as a character. I think because she isn't an evil person, she's, she's just been shown her true core. Um, and I think that's probably why I think she is my underrated villain.
0: I like it. I mean, she is one of those people. I think when you have that, okay, spoiler for those that haven't seen it, the, 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 at the end where it is revealed that um, like they are one of the same, it's one of the first times, I don't know, f- I, for me, that like the villain also or kind of resonated with me a bit more because it shows how close, like just one turn, um one bad day, one thing can change you. And like with the other villains in in, in in the past and in the history of Disney, like they sort of very much are villain. Here we go, starting off villain, we are villain, and then we die. And there's no real change where it's kind of, and that's where it goes. And like that twist was quite a good twist as well because it's, again, one of the things you don't see coming and Disney sometimes, we love them, sometimes the twists are, Oh look, someone's happy at the beginning. Well, they're about to lose someone to make them sad. And like some of them you see coming was this twist was quite a good uh sort of twist in it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I am that person who still hasn't seen Moana. I really need to get round to it, but I am absolutely sold. She sounds incredible. And it's by the sounds of it, it's so nice to hear that we've got a, a female Disney villain who has passion and power rather than just being someone who seems to be kind of in a bit of a strop or a bit hysteric I think when you look at some of the early female villains they're all kind of very like appearance focused like the queen in Snow White or they're like Ursula as well is, is similar and it's sort of based around that idea of you know someone's just annoyed them whereas it seems like she's got you know real fire in her and a real reason to be angry and so it's nice that Disney are you know considering that maybe women have had enough of being portrayed in a way that makes them look like hysterical weirdos.
0: So that's who we all thought were underrated villains. You guys are going to get a chance to vote a little bit later on, listeners, uh, on the Instagram, which I'll give a bit more information of later on. There's a small prize for the winner as well. You also get to add in your points and views of who you think should be underrated, but that's what we're going to go into a little bit more now with a section called Tiny Underrated. Yes, we're going to focus on a few of the characters and the villains we didn't get a chance to talk about, as there are so many different villains. And I'm also going to get uh, James and Moira's reviews and reviews on some of Disney films. So what I'm going to do, I've got a list of 10 films. Do them one at a time. But I want you to, as first thing at the top of your head, to say if it's overrated, underrated, or just rated. Kind of, I'm happy with it. Right, are we ready for this? so ready yes excellent first one treasure planet
1: i haven't seen it
2: (laughs) i'm i'm gonna go underrated actually
0: thanks thank you someone's seen it hopefully a
2: long time ago a very long time ago but i have seen it
0: the rescuers
1: underrated underrated
0: peter pan
1: overrated rated
0: Atlantis, the Lost Empire.
1: I haven't seen that one. Sorry, I haven't seen it.
2: Oh,
0: that's for really me <laughs> underrated. Like it's with Milo goes underwater. Leonard Nimoy's in it anyway. Oliver and Company.
1: Overrated. I would say it's rated.
0: Lady and the Tramp.
1: Underrated. Underrated. Rated. Yeah, I would say it's it's rated. It's middly.
0: Big Hero Six.
1: Underrated. underrated. Cars. Overrated. Overrated.
0: And Fantasia,
1: overrated. I would say underrated. I think it's amazing. It's just a bit trippy.
2: I think. I think as a product of its time and you know what they were able to do at the time. Okay, amazing for me today, right now, and for kids. Do I think? Mm,
1: not really. I had a really short attention span, so it was great that it was lots of different stories in itself. It was good I for like me. The music, music, definitely. Yes.
0: I've not seen it. Um, this is the one I've not seen. We seem to have all have one, apparently, in this podcast. However, oddly enough, it's the, my favourite Mickey Mouse costume for when he's doing The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Like, it's my favourite Mickey, but I've never watched Fantasia. I think at all. saying
2: it's your favourite Mickey, even though you haven't watched it, is fair. Yeah.
0: Thank-, thank you. It's on my little Pop Funko as well. If you want to sponsor Pop Funko, I'm happy to have that sponsor too. Um, <laughs> right. So this is basically now we're going to sort of if there are any mini or tiny underrated things for Disney do that you either haven't had the chance to talk about, either other villains or Disney in general. I mean, Disney is a broad topic, so there are probably going to be other Disney things later on in the future of this podcast. Um, but as you guys are here, anything you want to say that's Disney underrated? Moira, go.
1: So... When I was initially trying to think of who would be my underrated villain, my mind actually automatically went to one which really isn't that normal simply because it's more Pixar. However, it is Disney. I have double checked, guys, so don't worry. It's Wally, right? So, not the character of Wally, but the character of Otto which is the autopilot of the ship that they are in space on and auto basically is trying to stop the repopulation of earth i'm not quite sure why maybe it's just a really angry sentient uh, robot but it's There's something going on there Um, and Otto is not very happy about there being possible life on Earth.
0: No because there is a clip that he has that is a secret clip for Otto that is like we're never going to go back to Earth. It's too destroyed. It's never going to happen. So I don't think he's been programmed with the fact that life could restart because between Otto going up um, and the Wally finding a flower. Like, it's only meant to be like what a 100 day cruise. And it turned out to be like a thousand year cruise. I don't know if there's anything like that we could, you know, symbolize on or have an interpretation on where it was only meant to be a small thing but turned into a long thing. Who knows? <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, I think kind of he's driven by his artificially designed mind that it just will never happen that we will be back. But I like it because it is one you don't really think of as a villain because it's not like a big bad. It's not like songs or a big spell or a cast, but it is just oh, terrible to say, but it's almost, it's a robot doing their job because yeah. the designer has not thought of a, pos- a positive future. I like it.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I am going to go for... It, again, it, it's an odd one. This one, um, I'm going to go for the Aristocats, and I'm going to talk about Edgar because, as villains go, he's extremely unconventional. In that, again, he's he's kind of a little bit like Frollo, I suppose. He's he's driven kind of by his own wants and needs, um, but also he's still got that kind of I don't know love and respect for Madame who he works for. And I just I've always found the whole thing really fascinating because he's very kind of obviously two-sided and two-faced and comedic effect. I mean, just pure kind of slapstick, stereotypical British man, just genius. I think he's great. And I think he doesn't get enough appreciation.
0: There is um, a small trivia fact that apparently Edgar was kind of voted the the villain with the most morality, because rather than killing them off, he abandoned them, which... In a lot of sense, abandoning still bad, but because he didn't go through with the actual killing, it was like, oh no, he actually does have a heart. Um, I though that's the only I've not seen Aristocats either. So
2: Tom, oh, it's a great film. It's a wonderful film with some lovely music.
0: It has the piano thing, right? Like it has the, the piano. piano
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, so have the There piano. are cats
2: playing the piano. Yes,
1: and it's slightly racist. It is a little bit racist. Yeah, however yeah. it wasn't racist then and much like our discussion about The Hunchback of Notre Dame we have to take these things into account that times change and the usage of words and different um, impressions do change with time so we need to be a little, give a little leeway when it comes to things like that.
0: Yeah, there's um, a Disney quote or it's on the accounts and, pluses and networks and everything that says um, certain films we could have got rid of because of the language used. However we feel it's important to show these to show that these words are not good to use and should now never be used but we want to keep this picture here so you can see not what life was like almost but kind of so you can almost respect that um, and see what Impact it kind of had back then and the reactions then as well. Yeah. I'm going to go with Uzma from Emperor's New Groove as like a tiny underrated because, again, she has the sass and she wants the power. So it's one of the things we've seen before quite a bit. But to be honest, what makes her is crunk, like just as a, as a fun, like, and the fact they're so breaking the fourth wall as a film, like, there's that bit where they're racing back to get the potion and they go, How do we beat them here? It's like, I don't know. We literally threw, like, fell through a hole. It's like a plot hole of how they bait them there and the wrong lever. And it was just her having like this fun reaction and everything and kind of how a villain is only good as good as their sidekick sometimes or as evil as their sidekick because if they're not working it. Now it is time for Rainbow Recall. This is where I'm going to quiz my two guests, but also everyone listening as well. I'm going to give you five questions related to the topic, which... If you've not been listening, don't know what you've been listening to and you've got to this point, but this is all about Disney villains. So I'm going to ask you five questions and then the answers will actually appear on our Instagram a little bit later on in the week for you to check your answers out. But I'm going to ask these two now. They're not going to give away any answers because that could be cheating, but we're going to test them to see and they'll find out just so when you guys do, see what their answers are. So, question number one of Rainbow Recall Disney villains is who is the youngest Disney villain we mentioned earlier the oldest but who is the youngest Disney villain and there are two possible answers for this because some of them don't are clear aren't clear on age so it's in a roundabout way which is the youngest Disney villain question number two Ursula we've talked about her quite a lot we know she's from the little mermaid but which real life figure is Ursula based on have a think about that one Question number three. In the whole of the Disney villains franchise, yes, all 127 of them, there are two villains who are uncles to the main protagonist of the film. But which two villains are they? Question number four. During the House of Mouse, a villainous group took over the House of Mouse and kicked Mickey and friends out. But which villain was the leader? of this group of villains question five which villain has a spin-off film in which they serve as the protagonist we have talked a lot about underrated villains today that is the whole point of the podcast underrated items but we are also going to talk about our favorite now for me my favorite villain has to be jafar uh mainly because one of my favorite disney films is aladdin jafar has the power the maniacal laughter down and even though he doesn't sing very much, that kind of one line of a song that he has near the end is just a proper kick it to them and go, kick them when they're down moment of, ha, I knew this all along, you fools. So that's why he's my favourite villain. Uh, Jen, who's yours favourite?
2: My favourite villain has got to be Hades from Hercules he is hysterically funny super sassy and I love that now that I'm an adult I understand and appreciate a lot more his sense of humour and half of the things he says particularly when he's very disparaging about the men that Meg has been with I just think he's fantastic and
1: he's a god what more do you want?
0: (laughs) He's a god and Moira who's your favourite villain?
1: I mean, to be honest, come on, guys. It's got to be Maleficent. She is elegant. She is sassy. She is just dramatic. Everything about her is just wonderful. And who doesn't want a pet raven? I mean, come on, guys. She is awesome. Well, kick ass
0: amazing uh, range of villains there thank you so much for joining me if you guys want to take part either by letting me know who your underrated villain is who your favorite villain is if you want to bring out some answers or if you've even got questions for next time uh, our next topic for the podcast is going to be about chocolate bars underrated chocolate bars around in the uk then you can follow rainbow rated on instagram by going to rainbow rated underscore official uh like the photos there. We're going to post a few answers, post a few links as well, hopefully, and a few photos. But thank you very much for joining me on the very first podcast of Rainbow Rated. We've had Moira start of Super Happy Kill Time that you can only say Hello. really, really fast. And, of course, Jenny, who has come from the, the stage group of Cats with a K. Woop, woop Thanks for having me. Excellent, guys. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, whatever it is these podcasters do and to get you to follow i want to thank our sponsors but we haven't got any yet so if you want to fill in in my sponsor slot just let me know always happy to have some good sponsors apart from that guys from all of us here at rainbow rated cheers and stay safe (laughs)